Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous edition for you Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019 and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are in chapter three, more about alcoholism on page 42. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph, which begins with quite as important was the discovery and ends on page 43 with even if I could. Readers are um, Melanie C. Uh, Wait one second here. Chris G., Matthew F., Dana M., and Marie J. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, July 22nd, 2019 are 13,182 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 13182, and 13,184 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, that's 13182. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Uh, Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melanie C. to read the OA 12 Steps. Thank you so much. Good morning, Rebecca F. and all that are here today. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in Wilsonville, Oregon this morning. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Melanie C. I will now ask Chris G. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, everybody. This is Chris G. in Connecticut. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as we may expect as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you, Chris G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted.
Today we resume our study of the big book in chapter 3, more about alcoholism on page 42. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph, which begins with quite as important was the discovery and ends on page 43 with even if I could. I will now ask Matthew F. to press star 1 to unmute his phone so he can go ahead and read that for us. Thank you. Good morning. This is Matthew F. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from northern New Mexico. Quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. I have since been brought into a way of life of living infinitely more satisfying and, I hope, more useful than the life I lived before. My old manner of life was by no means a bad one, but I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. I would not go back, even if I could. I feel incredibly honored to be able to share this uh, paragraph with everyone because, uh, boy, did I have problems. And let me tell you, uh, spiritual principles for sure have solved them for me ever since I discovered uh, the program and started studying the book and started working the steps and really started to engage the fellowship. It has uh, saved my life. Um, I had all kinds of problems. I would uh, steal food. I would uh, go to the grocery store and I was a shoplifter for food because I thought in my sickness that the way my brain worked that if I saw if I stole food from the grocery store that nobody would know about it that I was eating it in the middle of the night or on the way home even though I have a a good job and a decent salary there was absolutely no reason for me to need to steal anything but there I was in the grocery store stealing food because in my sick mind it meant if I stole it and I didn't have to buy it, um, nobody would know about it. And that was just uh, com completely complete insanity uh, working. Um, I would purge. I would overeat and, and binge and uh, make myself vomit and then cry and beg God for for mercy and be able to fix all the problems in my life. and. Then I would do it again the very next afternoon. I was also a very angry person before coming into the program. I got fired from from a job that was very important to me because of my anger. I would upset people in my life that I loved very much to the point uh, my girlfriend left me, a woman I loved very much and uh, felt very alone and isolated. I lived an isolated life. I would uh, deliberately wake start the day planning a trip to the grocery store, buying all my alcoholic foods, knowing what would happen, that I would come home, um, close the curtains, eat all day, all, all morning, avoid friends, break plans that I had, go to bed with a sick stomach, wake up the next day and do it all over again. But it wasn't until I received the gift of desperation and uh, living a spiritual lifestyle that my problems began to dissolve away from me and working the steps and remaining abstinent. Um, now spiritual principles really do guide my life. 
Um, I asked, uh, I would ask God, you know, why me? Why am I doing this to myself? Why is it that I have to to live this way? And um, I realized that, you know, there was no reason for me to to ask, you know, why. That really didn't matter. But what I know is uh, the spiritual principles that I live now, or at least try to, uh, the disease has really brought me closer to God because God needs me to do his work. Now I love love God, I trust God, I, I need God in my life, and I thank God every day. Um, I still have problems. I'm still very much a human being, but now as a result of these pro- the program, I have a way of, of dealing with it, and my life is far more useful now. I, uh, instead of obsessing about food, I'm obsessing about uh, my recovery, and I live in service to other people. I never imagined that I could call myself recovered and uh, begin to sponsor other people through the program, and that's where I'm at now, and I'm very uh, grateful for it. Um, Reflecting on a life before my recovery when I was stealing things and coveting things and um, living a life of sin, essentially, I was... um, Also very grateful and and, uh, thinking now of the afterlife and how this program of recovery has has not only delivered a life for me that's blessed uh, in this life here, but I feel uh, promises of of a beautiful afterlife because I'm no longer stealing and um, no longer working directly against God's will for me and being in loving fellowship and support of of other people. I don't know that I would say I would uh, not go back, uh, even if I could, but I would say that um, I'm no longer living a life obsessed with food. I feel obsessed, but obsessed with my own recovery. become a way of life that uh, I wouldn't trade for anything. I have the body that I want. Um, I have some beautiful friends. I have a way of dealing with my my defects. And I'm uh, very grateful for that. As as it says, I by no means had a had a bad life. I feel in many ways I've, I've lived a very privileged life. And I'm even more blessed now as, as a result of, of discovering this program. Thank you so much for letting me share. And I look forward to the rest of this day in, in recovery and living close to God. I'll pass. Thank you, Matthew, F., for getting us started and for your share. If you haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the third paragraph on page 42 in the big book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Katie G. from Boston. Reba P. I got Katie G. Larry. I think I heard Reba Nancy P. Larry C. I heard Larry K. And was it Larry J. maybe? Janice P. R. Oh, dear. Sorry, see? Wow, a lot of people want to share. 
paragraph. And so did you get Nancy I, P? I Nancy P. No, I didn't. Sorry, C. From Connecticut. Marie Sorry, C. Somebody from Connecticut. What page paragraph, please? Okay. Uh, bottom of um, 42, quite as important, one paragraph. So there were so many names that I didn't write down because I just couldn't make heads or tails. I'll tell you who I did write down, and we'll just have to go with these for now. Katie G, Reva P, Larry K, I think I heard Terry C, Roanne M, maybe, and Nancy P. So let's go with the six of you and see how it goes from there. Katie G. Good morning, Rebecca. Great ears. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic in Boston. And yeah, I mean, it wasn't just that food was my solution to life. That that really, um, yeah, that makes me a compulsive overeater. But the the essence of my disease is selfishness, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and fear, right? And so what my principles were before doing the steps is where's my stuff, right? Like that getting my stuff, if I had what you had, I wouldn't feel the way I feel. Give me my stuff. Get Making me happy, you know, step six and seven, talk about getting in the 12 and 12, talk about um, as, as an addict, I have this like gargantuan need for satisfaction all the time, for bliss, for this new freedom that I think is like Orlando, Florida, Disney World, right? And um, what recovered for me, and I have been recovered, thank you, God, only since um, October of 2015 means is that I don't solve my problems today, and my life is still unmanageable. The allergy has not gone away. I do not pick up those foods, ingredients, and behaviors that I've tried to control, right? They're gone entire abstinence. And then I have a way of life that is not me solving my problems, nor is it you solving my problems, nor is it it, like all the stuff, all the fudge of life that I think is going to make me happy, right? Instead, you know, I had a day yesterday that was very problematic. <laughs> and at each and every moment, I had a choice. Am I going to go to the food or am I going to go to God? And how do I go to God? I pause when agitated or doubtful. I continue, continue, continue. I ask God to remove it. I discuss it with someone immediately. I make amends quickly and then I throw myself harder into helping others. I don't know why making an amend two days ago to the guy who's going to come fix our freezer when I was rude on the phone. I don't know why that solves my problems, but somehow it does. I don't know why being kind, patient, tolerant, and loving towards all um, because that's the right thing to do, not because I want you to give me what I want solves my problems. I don't know really, and it doesn't matter. What I know today is that the spiritual principles that I live on are these 12 steps. And if I'm not living in all 12 steps, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to find this new freedom and a new happiness. And, and remember, too, it's important for me to remember the, the promises that this is sort of reflecting on is that I'm going to get these, this life as a result of working all 12 steps. You know, I'll just wrap up with this. Like, 
I, I, I moved from a self-centered, Katie-centered, fill me, fix me now woman to a woman who thinks about you, who is helping others, and who wants what's best for God, God's grace and mercy. So God willing, I will show up one more day with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie G. Reba P. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. And the fact that I even want to share about this paragraph shows me the miracle of this program because anything that said spiritual principles solving all my problems, I really didn't want to have anything to do with that because I thought my problem was the food. Help me fix the food. Help me get control of the food. I'll stick around for a few months and I'm out of here and I'll get on with my life. And that's really how I thought when I came into this program. So for me, you know, quite as important, as important as what? Well, the previous paragraph for me uh, reminds me about step 10, 11, 12 business because I'm throwing lifelong conceptions out the window. Nothing about food in that sentence because the greater aspect of my disease is my thinking and my mind and that twist of thinking. So the, throwing the lifelong conceptions out the window is you know, steps one through nine, which is what I do in step 10. And then once I've done step 10, I get connected with a power that's not me. And that gives me the answers and that gives me power and the ability to do things that I could never otherwise do. Um, and I don't think I can put it into words, but um, all my problems, all my problems, I was so busy solving problems on the outside. And I've been reminded over and over through my spiritual teachers, whenever I'm focused on the outside, whether it's food, whether it's people, whether it's the job, whether it's whatever, I'm looking in the wrong place because the spiritual principles are about going inside and it's an inside job. And then when I do this and I live in the steps and have a connection with this power, um, spirit, and live by principles, it talks about a way of living. It doesn't say I got sober for X number of years. I had a way to live. And what is that life? That life is not about getting what I think I need and want um, to fill me from the outside. It's about a satisfaction from things working out the way God intends them to work out and being useful in a way that God intends me to be useful. Um, yeah, and what I go back... I can't even explain, I can't even explain the shift, but it's so, it's so um, inside out and not outside in, um, and such a paradox to what I thought I really needed, um, and yeah, it is a lot better, it's way better than what it was before, and in my wildest dreams, I never thought I'd be sharing about spiritual principles, um, but with that, I pass, thank you. Thanks, Reva P. Larry Kay. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks so much. Larry Kay recovered this morning. The um, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. See, I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous believing that I had life problems that were causing me to eat. And if I could just solve those problems using, you know, some techniques that possibly you could teach me, 
maybe my eating problems would be resolved. And I hung on to that. And what I began to learn is you don't have any therapeutic answers here to solve my life problems. If we want answers for our problems with our husband or our wife or our mother-in-law or our dog, we can pick any stranger on the street and you can lay out the problem and I'll bet you anything they'll have an answer for you. What we do have here in a way is a solution. And if I get into the heart of that solution that's steeped in God, here's the miraculous thing. I'll find my own answers because I'll be brought into alignment with God. And we know this because we, 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 you know, we have our unequivocal own experience. It's, it's experiential. We don't try to fix people here. I mean, what we really do is, is the same thing that they were doing and when the book was published in 1939. We show people what to do so they can get into fit spiritual condition. And then the miraculous thing is they don't need to get fixed because they're not broken anymore. The solution is taking care of the problem, and it's spelled out clearly according to the 10-step promises. You know, can, can you imagine if you came to this meeting and you heard the following message? As soon as you're comfortable, we'll start working the steps. As soon as we get the, you know, the dog to, 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 you know, to, to walk properly or your husband to, to, to get in line, we'll start working the steps. Let's talk about that first. Let's analyze it and synthesize it and go over it and over and over and over again. And let's start, solve your problems first. What you do here is if you ever hope to be comfortable, the best start is the 12-step program. Start it right away. We believe the difference between the spiritual state and the non-spiritual state is really very simple. The non-spiritual state suggests no hope, there's no hope, no answer, no reason for living. It's over. And the spiritual awakening, that spiritual state, is the moment when there's hope again. If there is a God, God is the answer. If there's no God, there's no answer. And OA gave me hope in the people that I could tell were, were, have, were having an experience, a transformative change. And I knew this because what I saw and heard, and I heard the stories of where you came from, and the message is a simple one. If you're a compulsive overeater, you don't ever have to binge eat again. That's our message. But this is a, there's a big difference between not eating and not eating and being happy about it. We have a real answer. We can be free no matter what your life circumstances are. We can be free today. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Larry Kay. Now, I'm not sure if it's Terry hi. C. It's or Surrey C. Surrey C. Yes, hi. Surrey C, compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Uh, thank you so much for your service. Um, okay, I, I, I'm so grateful to be sharing today. I do not have abstinence. I do not have, um, and I have heard on these lines, and I love coming back here because I'm still, I guess, a young one in this program. I'm, you know, only a year out. And, and the thing is, I've had every opportunity to quit and every opportunity to give up. And I, I'm still holding on. I'm holding on for dear life. I'm trudging, and I'm trudging. And, I've, I, you know, I've heard on this line that you have to do the work like your hair is on fire. And I, I have to say that with all these messages, I feel like my hair is on fire. And I know it's on fire, but thank God, because I come back here day in and day out, I'm not, I'm not burning up. I'm like the burning bush that's just not being consumed. That's what, how I feel right now, because bottom line is I keep coming back. 
I keep coming back and I keep identifying in. Um, and and I'm, I'm between, I'm like, I'm staring down the barrel of step four and I've heard, you know, you have to do step four as quickly as possible because I'm comfortable and I wish my life circumstances were such that I could just do it as quickly as possible. But I don't have that. My gift somehow for me is that I'm doing it slowly and I don't have that choice of doing it quickly. So, uh, but I'm still coming back. I'm still here and I'm still able to share my strength and hope with other people. And, you know, there's a thing that you say and when you go to a face-to-face meeting and you stand around the circle and you say, I put my hand in yours and together we do what we can never do alone. I'm not only holding the person's hand next to me, I'm holding God's hand. And when I come to this meeting, I feel like I'm holding God's hand. And when I give strength to a friend of mine who I just spoke to who knows that OA is her solution, just like I know it's mine, I know that I'm... The promise is waiting. I know that it's going to come. I know I don't have abstinence today, but I know that I have moments of abstinence. I have more godliness in my day every day, and I'm so grateful for it. And for all the people that, you know, are skeptic, I was a skeptic. I still work to identify in, but I keep doing the work, and I'm so grateful for this meeting because um, it's, even though I can't do it, the way that I would love to do it. I can't do it the way that would be easier for me. Somehow I'm not blessed in that way. I have to do things in a complicated manner, but I get to just keep doing them. And I keep get, this is an opportunity for me to keep showing up to a fellowship where I can put my hand in yours and I could keep coming back because it works if you work it. So work it because I'm worth it. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Siri C. Rowan M. I think it's M. Hi, good morning. This is Rowan M. I'm calling from New York. Um, I love this paragraph because, you know, it's simple, but it's not easy. And they're talking about Fred at this time. And he's having all these realizations about the spiritual answer and this program of action and spiritual principles. And what it comes down to for me and what I'm seeing more and more is that it is 100% about building my relationship with God. It's saying spiritual principles would solve all my problems. Every single one. I can take every single difficulty that I'm having to God. I can pray when I can pause when agitated and doubtful and ask God for help with the next right action. I can meditate and be quiet any time of day that I want, any time of day that I'm willing to seek God and ask for help. I'm so wired to do life by myself. I'm so wired to be self-reliant and to feel like I have to run the show and manage people, places, and things, and more so myself. I cannot manage people, places, and things. I cannot manage my life. My way does not work. I need a spiritual solution. Spiritual, and, and I need a plan of action. And it's a way of living. It's not a way of thinking. It's a way of living. And for me, living 
means doing, means action, means I have to bring God into every aspect of my life, every day, a day at a time. I am so raw right now. I am so vulnerable. I I need support. I need God more than anything. I need to build my relationship with God. But as it says, I would not exchange its best moments for the worst I have now. Yes, I am in pain right now. But I am not in nearly as much pain as I was when I wake up in the morning and want to kill myself because I binged the night before. That's way more painful. And I had to get to the point where my emotional pain and discomfort was not as bad as the pain and discomfort that the food brought me. And I'm grateful to share, and I would love phone calls today. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rowan M. Nancy P. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Um, Nancy P. from Boston. Let me just start my timer. Um, so, yeah, quite as important was the discovery. So to me, I, I almost stopped reading after that because previous to that, they, the guy says um, he had the curious feeling that his alcoholic condition was relieved as, in fact, it proved to be. So okay, that's what I wanted for my whole life is to be able to stop eating compulsively and to stop like binging and to stop lying and to stop, <clears throat> you know, acting in, in ways that are alcoholic around food in any way, you know, behaviors and, and eating. And I thought that if I could get to that, everything would be just great. And of course, I got to that place many times and I always went back to the beginning because you know, it didn't work. And, um, but when I surrendered, right, that's what the guy's talking about. And me, Nancy P from Boston, I'm a one trick pony. Surrender is what it's all about for me. It's the first middle and last. The question in this chapter is, are you done? And that is what surrender is. So when I said that I surrendered, I too, I didn't immediately know that my uh, alcoholic problem had been, um, condition had been relieved, but it turned out to be that way. And then he goes on to say, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems. So discovery to me means research and means data. And, you know, I love data. I love facts. I love experience, you know, and since I became recovered and I was able to listen to other people's experience and learn from it and sort of you know, metabolize it. Um, and I learned from my own experience. I could look back on my life and say, this is, this is my experience and this is what, um, you know, what I want my life to be now. And um, so that was awesome. And then spiritual principles would solve all my problems. So that means all my problems. And, you know, I've learned that I can't solve other people's problems. And that was a huge part of, you know, my life was, you know, I knew everything. Okay, I'm, I'm, I, didn't, I don't know about engineering because I'm married to an engineer. So I know that I don't know about that. But if you needed any other advice, you could certainly come to me if it was marriage counseling or mortgage advice or financial advice or, you know, relationship advice, you know, just come to me and I knew everything. I could definitely help you. And this spiritual um, 
these spiritual principles teach me, show me that I don't, I can't not only, you know, can't solve anybody else's problems, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that anymore. And so for me, you know, like the, so, and, and, you know, it says in, in previous um, chapters and pre- previously in the book that, you know, we know that abstinence is the tip of the iceberg. That's like a topical solution to a systemic problem. And, um, and so my, you know, I'm sort of roto-rootering out all the, the gunk and the drains, you know, that, that caused me to feel like I can solve anybody else's problems, you know, and do anything that I want to do. And so right. for me, thank you, I'll wrap up. For me, um, that was a very big discovery that I, that spiritual pro- pro- um, principles will solve my problems and, um, and I don't need to worry about anybody else's. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Well, we have room for maybe five or possibly six more people to share on the last paragraph on 42. Janice P. Marie J. Okay, hold on a second. I can't really keep up. Was the first person Chris G? Jane S. I don't. I'm going to put Linda D in there because I don't know if it was Chris G. And then I heard Janice P M. And then I, I'm sorry, everybody went out. Hoodie R. Hoodie R. Okay. R. Was it Lauren K? Maybe somebody K. I think it was Marie J. Marie J. Gotcha. Alita J. Alita J. Okay, yes. and Lisa R. If there's time, okay. I have Linda D, Janice P M, Hoodie R, Marie J, Alita J, and Lisa R. If we can fit you all in, and I'm so sorry for all the people I missed. Um, okay, Melanie's telling me mm, not Lisa R, but Nessay R. Okay, I'll change that. Okay, so Linda D, please go ahead. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. I'm so relieved and happy and astonished, really astonished to be a recovered compulsive overeater. It's a little over five and a half years. So why am I on the line? Because I woke up a compulsive overeater, and I want this journey to continue. Now, that's amazing because that line about being amazed that there are spiritual principles, and they're going to solve all my problems. I'm sure I just sneered at that. I was polite, so I wouldn't do it to your face. But you mentioned the word God when I came in, and I did not want to hear that word because it wasn't real and it wasn't true, and I tried, and I couldn't contact God, and blah, blah, blah. But I was so broken I did what I was told to do. Thank you, God, that I did. Because now I'm living by those spiritual principles. That line is exactly true. There's absolutely true. I live by spiritual principles. And what does that feel like? Sometimes it feels really painful. Because I have to go through circumstances in life that are difficult and painful. And so what? Because I have a guide within me, no longer blocked by food, that that guide will take me in amazing ways through the problem 
to a better solution than I could have ever imagined. And I am so amazed and grateful. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Linda D. Janice P.M. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Um, And good morning to everyone. My name is Janice P.M. And I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, You know, I I get a lot from this whole paragraph. What, What it's doing is it's teaching me about all these examples with Fred, with the man of 30, with the jaywalker, with this one, with uh, Roland. I mean, only one thing. It's teaching me that the real insanity of my disease centers in my mind. And we've heard it all morning here. It's the thinking that I had. I'm just going to go backwards here. I'm going to say, you know, my old man of life was by no means a bad one because it wasn't. However, it became unbearable when my life situations came into being. But you know what? I know today that those things, whether it was alcoholism in the family or death or whatever, they were lessons for me for today because I can be useful. I know that I can be useful because I have been useful to others and to God because that's apparently my purpose in life. And because I put the food down and I practiced the principles of the steps, we talk about principles, principles. And what are principles? Well, each step has a principle that we abide by, that we try to live by. Of course, you know, I knew about them. I knew about honesty. I was very dishonest. I knew about hope, uh, step two, but I was hopeless because I didn't have a higher power to restore me to sanity. I had a higher power, but, you know, I didn't follow directions. And this is the the, the bottom line of this whole thing, that it changed my thinking. All these principles that I'm trying to practice today, they're the ideal, you know, but I'm never going to reach each one of them perfectly because I'm human. So, you know, today I am honest. I know who I am. I know I'm a compulsive overeater. I know that a power greater than myself has to restore my thinking. (laughs) Because, boy, my thinking, especially when it came to food and all other things, were not sane. So, you know, every single one of these principles, honesty, hope, faith, courage, integrity, oh boy, willingness, humility, self-discipline, love, perseverance, spiritual awareness, and service to others in all my affairs. I didn't practice those principles, those codes of behavior. You know, I just didn't. I thought I was all those things, but oh boy, until I put the food down. And, and get on these spiritual steps. That's because I have a spiritual problem. It's very simple. I didn't know that. I really didn't. I thought that food was my problem, but of course we know. And this, these, these examples in this paragraph show me. Okay, thank you so much. That self-knowledge has to be smashed. I have to decrease in myself. Ego deflation. 
and go to a spiritual solution. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Janice PM. Hoodie R. Hey, Rebecca, did you call me? I did call you, Hoodie. Okay, thank you. My name is Hoodie R. Recover today. In Israel, quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles will solve all my problems. And, um, well, that was really um, when I first, you know, to my beginning when I first came here, and I realized that, yes, I put down the food, and it was like, yes, if I'm going to follow the direction of, of someone outside me, a higher power, then all my problems would be solved. And I wouldn't have any problems. I thought that um, I, I spent my life trying to do it my way and trying to fix my problem, which I thought was food. And um, and I and I tried numerous ways to do it, and it, that didn't happen. And I had to come to that willingness and say, I can't, you can, and I'm going to let him. I'm going to let someone outside of me tell me how to live. I have since been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. And, you know, that sure is my experience here, working these 12 steps and living in these principles as was um, told us so clearly before, um, in the share before, that, you know, just being, working on my, on my, on my step work, work, living and trying to, and and not trying, but really living in the principles, being honest and um, hopeful and willing and doing everything that it takes so that I could recover, doing the work as if my hair is on fire for it is, you know, I am, I am, I no longer want to go back to that old place. Today I get to be honest. You know, in, in, in my reality today, there are times that, you know, things happen and they're like, okay, you could be a little, you know, do this or a little that. And I'm like, no, I can't even do that anymore. And I don't want to do it. I want to be honest. I want to speak up front. I'm learning how to re, I'm re, re-educating myself how to live this world, how to live this life without the need to pick up the food. I'm learning a new skill set of living. I'm learning how to have re- relationships that are, um, you know, there are successful relationships with other people, so that um, I'm giving and take and giving and take part of the relationship. And I'm just so grateful today to all of you for teaching me and showing me how to live like life, um, and successfully with joy, with happiness. And we don't have to do this alone. And um, I'm just so grateful today. And that's what. I, my my gratitude. I to, I'm grateful for what I that I have found God today. I don't want to go back to that chaos, that searching, looking for another way. I was unstable there. I didn't want to live there. I didn't want to live. I was full of depression. All those bedevilments that we talk about. That's where I was, and today I'm not there anymore. Mm-hmm. As a result of doing this work, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Hadiar, Marie J. Good morning. This is Marie J, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, my uh, my old manner of life was also by no means a bad one. You know, that was me too. I wasn't a low bottom compulsive overeater, and I didn't have a lot of the issues that I heard about on the lines. I that people were talking about. You know, and I um 
I was just, I was overweight. I was overweight and I wanted to lose weight, but I lived a normal life. You know, I had success. I had friends. I had a great job. I had a husband and children, but today now I know that my worst day today is better than the best day I had then because I had a serious, serious spiritual illness. You know, I couldn't get the hate out of my head. I couldn't get these, these tapes that were running in my head that were directed both inwardly and out toward, toward other people. You know, I was resenting other people, and I couldn't get these tapes to stop. I was just in this constant judgment of self and others. And I was also really full of self-loathing and, and just resentment. And I was blaming people. I was a victim. I just, everyone was responsible for my happiness except for myself. And today, living in this spiritual program, I can do things imperfectly. I can fall down. I make mistakes. And I still sometimes hurt people that I love, but I don't pick up the bat and beat up myself, and I don't point outwardly toward others and blame them for my situation. I just take these actions, and these actions are in the steps. I look at my part. I make amends where I need to, and mostly I stay connected to this powerful guidance that is the higher power, and I know that everything that happens to me today is meant to be for my growth. It is for my spiritual growth that all this good that happens to me and all the mistakes and falling down and all this bad that can happen to me is for my own spiritual development. So I'm grateful for it all. I'm grateful for everything that happens to me. And if I live my life in gratitude and look at it as this is for my good, this is for my spiritual growth. So where it says in this paragraph that quite as important is the discovery that spiritual principles solve all of my problems. My job isn't to do this, uh, this all this work perfectly. You know, it's to, it's to pick myself up when I fall down and to rejoice, you know, and be thankful that I'm actually being given yet another piece of the puzzle toward spiritual growth on my path towards spiritual perfection. I'm never going to be in spiritual perfection, but I'm always being given things to do to learn how to be a better person. And taking that spiritual direction every day is helping me to be more useful toward others. So my character defects are listed one day at a time. And if I stay connected, if I stay connected to this spiritual direction, and then I can just live in love all the time imperfectly one day at a time as a human being thanks for letting me share thank you marie day alita day hi good morning thank you so much for your service thank you everyone for being here i've heard so many wonderful shares this morning um quite as important was the discovery that spiritual principles would solve all my problems um it's kind of interesting. When I first came to OA, I was a very dishonest person. And as was stated earlier, honesty is the spiritual step, principle of step one. I was very dishonest. I did not know the truth from the lie. And I, did, I lied so much that I believed my own lies. It was um, the way I lived. Um, 
so I got into a um, OA, and my one of my first sponsors made it very clear to me that if I was going to be dishonest to her about the food, what I was eating, how much I was eating, when I was eating, if I was um, eating my alcoholic foods and so on and so forth, that if I was dishonest, that I she would not be my sponsor. She could not sponsor me. And um, for some reason, this really clicked with me and it helped me so very much to start, begin to learn the principle of honesty. And and it's just uh, really miraculous how once I became more honest with my food, the spiritual principle of honesty spread out into other areas of my life. And uh, I became a person that could be respected and um, trusted. And that's a miracle in itself, amongst so many other miracles that I've experienced in this program. Um, I thought that my only problem when I came in was that I needed to lose weight. And um, also I discovered after I had been in program for a while that that was only um, not my problem. My problem was so my way of living. And um, I used to need to create drama. I used to need to always be right. I used to need to have the last word. And it was uh, mentioned earlier, many uh, a while back in this meeting, that as in the game of tennis, if one person stops serving the ball, it, the game ends. And so I had I discovered that I don't have to continue on with arguments now. I can just let it go. I don't have to be right. I just don't have to be right. It's like if I'm, if I can just drop it. I, I find serenity, and we pray the prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And that prayer has been so helpful to me as God answers my request so many times as in, in my recovery journey, and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. I pass. Oh, thank you, Alita Day. You know, we have one minute. I believe the person who's next and last to share is Nesse R. Are you still there? And would you mind waiting for a minute? Thank you so much. I'm so happy to to be able to share, even if shortly. My name is Nesse R. And I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada, because I just love this line. And it gave me so much hope when I first read it. And it still does, even though I'm, I'm actually living it. It says... I have been brought into a way of living infinitely more satisfying and I hope more useful than the life I lived before. And that's the paradox of recovery. You know, not only with the food. I mean, when I was in the food, the more I try to control it, the more it controls me. And now that I don't try to control it, it doesn't control me, but it's also with my life. Before, when I was so focused on pursuing my own happiness, at the detriment of other people's happiness, I was the most miserable I could have ever been. And now, with the transformation that comes about from working the steps in entire abstinence, you know, I am focused on other people, on their happiness, on their needs, and not at all on mine, or, or you know, mostly not at all on mine. And now I'm truly happy. And this is, this is such a paradox. It's just a testament to, to the transformation that comes. Um, you know, it's it's something that's unimaginable, unimaginable, 
you know, just by putting the food down entirely and working the steps of running the big book, we, we turn into completely different people, happy, useful, um, joyful, full of life. And um, with that, I pass. Thanks. Oh, thank you, Nessa. Nessa R. Um, sorry, I mispronounced your name. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019, 7 a.m. Eastern Time is 13,187. That's 13187. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Dana M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. This is Dana M. Can I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Dana. Thank you. Dana M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.